There's a verse in James, in chapter 3, verse 3, that says, Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. The idea that, that horses need to be controlled in order to be useful. And in Psalm 32, in verse 9, be ye not as the horse or as the mule which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. An uncontrolled horse can be a danger. My father is an elderly man by now, but when he was a, when he was a little toddler, and just, uh, uh, I guess he was walking well, but he was still a very little guy. And he uh, approached a horse. They had horses on the, on the farm, worked horses in the fields. And a, a horse pulled a buggy to church. And he wandered too close to a horse and it kicked him in the face. Oh, here he is. I, I didn't know he had gotten here. And it, uh, it hit him in the nose, and it did, a little, it did some damage to his face. And um, uh, there's a little scar that you can see there yet. Yeah, it's been a long time since I checked on it, but I remember that. And my mom's mom, my grandmother on the other side, uh, as I recall the story, she was helping Grusdotty, as, as we called my uh, her father, my grandfather, in the field. And she was returning to the, to the uh, house and, and barn with a, uh, a horse and some kind of machinery. And I forget what, what kind of, uh, whether it was a harrow or what it was. But anyway, the horse took off. And um, as I recall, she fell off or somehow she was hurt. Anyway, so I'm not, not real seriously, but just to point out that, that a horse that's not cooperative can be, can be dangerous. They're big, they're strong, and if they're not controlled, they can do damage, especially if they're upset. And I've, I, I've told you all already about Johnny Rule's horse, Raven, that he was working with that was would get very angry if if he tried to do something with it and finally the owner of the horse uh, told him told uh, Johnny the horse trainer that if we can't teach this horse if we can't train this horse and break this horse within a reasonable amount of time we'll have to um, we'll have to ship him off to be made into dog food now there's a lack of cooperation uh, can be a trait of horses, of untrained horses, mules, and other animals too, as you farmers know. But they need to be broken. They need to be trained. And these scriptures imply that people can have a similar problem. Be not as the horse, is what it says there in the psalmist. 
which has no understanding. And there are other scriptures, many scriptures, many, many scriptures in Old and New Testament that, that emphasize the problem that man naturally has. Now be ye not stiff-necked as your fathers were, but yield yourselves unto the Lord and enter into his sanctuary, which he hath sanctified forever, and serve the Lord your God, that the fierceness of his wrath may turn away from you. From Chronicles. In Romans chapter 10, For they, speaking of sinners, being ignorant of God's righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. In uh, Chronicles, be not stiff-necked. Don't be like your parents. They were like stubborn horses, resisting. Resisting God, resisting God's commandments, God's instructions. And it's, um, we're well aware of the history of man and the problem that, that began at the fall and then continued uh, with time to the point that uh, just prior to the flood, it describes mankind as, as uh, wicked and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That was the state of man. The psalmist, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. The nature of man to resist, to resist authority, to resist God's word and counsel and let us break these bands, let's break these Rules and cast away these restrictions, and we'll be our own kings and bosses, and we'll do what we want to do. Paul wrote about this condition in, in 2 Timothy in chapter 3. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. In the last days. I believe we're in the last days. And that, uh, that, that wickedness and that wicked spirit is, is rampant in the world. It's rampant in our, in our nation. And it's come way beyond 
the uh, disobedience of Adam and Eve in the garden. But it was the disobedience today is from the same seed, the same root, and the same influence. The problem is a, is a conflict of wills. The horseman has one idea, and his willful horse has another idea. And it's, the horse is determined to have his own way. The horseman comes to the gate of the pasture where the horses are, and he calls to his horse, and the horse gallops off to the farthermost corner of the pasture. When he finally gets it and saddles it up and wants to go forward, the horse balks. Nope, not going there. The horseman wants to go this way, and the horse is determined to go that way. We've seen children behave that way, haven't we? Maybe we've behaved that way sometime or other. I have. But it's the nature of an unconverted heart that is selfish and self-centered. It wants to have control. It fears losing control. It objects to losing something it enjoys. It resists doing something that will make it uncomfortable. It doesn't want to lose this activity, this fun, or that pleasure. It, uh, it doesn't want to lose stature or position. But the Lord God, our sovereign creator, redeemer, calls us to submit. He calls Christians to, uh, to be submissive. Turn with me to uh, Philippians and the second chapter. And we'll read beginning at verse 13 and read into... Uh, the first seven verses of chapter 3. 1 Peter 2, and we'll begin at verse 13. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme, or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the froward. For this is thankworthy if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully, 
For what glory is it if when ye, are, when ye be buffeted for your faults, ye shall take it patiently? But if when ye do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but he committed himself to him that judgeth righteously, who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. Likewise, ye wives, be in, subje- be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting the hair and of wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner in the old time, the the holy women also, who trusted in God, adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are as long as as ye do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. A call to Christians. We'll not cover everything in this uh, in this passage, but... <clears throat> I'd like for us to think a little bit about submission. And the first issue is, to whom are we to submit? And this passage covers some of those, uh, some of those areas, some of those um, places that we need to be submissive. And one is to, uh, to earthly authorities. God would have Christians be submissive to earthly authorities over them. He refers here to the government. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man. And in Romans, let every subject soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God, no authority but of God. The powers that be or the authorities in place are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. And then he goes on uh, speaking about the rulers and, and a description of their work and their role. Wherefore, ye must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. It is the right thing to do for a Christian, for all men, but especially a Christian should 
be obedient to the government. Another uh, example of an earthly authority is parents. <clears throat> and I hope all of our children have heard this. Children, obey your parents. In all things, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands and as unto the Lord. Likewise, ye wives, we read here in 1 Peter 3, be in subjection to your own husbands. As you fill your role, take your place. The husband, the leader, the wife, the, uh, the follower, supporter, and helper. In 1 Timothy 2, verse 11, let the women learn in silence with all subjection, speaking about women in church. Servants and masters, the scriptures speak to that. Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, we read here. Not only to the good and gentle, but also to the froward. Servants, obey in all things your masters. Exhort servants, Paul wrote to Titus, exhort servants to be obedient unto their own masters and to please them well in all things, not answering again. And the scripture speaks about the authority of, of the church in a, local, in a local church, the roles that the leaders have. In Hebrews 13 and verse 17, Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. These are these scriptures that we've looked at are, is what God says. It's what, what God has given us. And <clears throat> And it doesn't say, well, like here in, uh, in regard to uh, servants and masters, it, it's not conditional to uh, how, how kind, how considerate the master is, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the forward. And we answer to God for how we, how we respond to the authorities that he has set up over us. He holds the authorities accountable for how they handle their, their positions and their, the authority that he's given them. They, they are accountable, no, no question about it. Whether parents, whether government, whether husbands, whether church leaders, whether teachers, regardless what authority it is, uh, they answer to God. But we, in our situations, are accountable to God for how we respond to those authorities. And he has made it very clear that we submit to them. We obey. Now up to this point, uh, many unsaved people could even understand uh, to a degree 
what, what this is saying. They understand what authority is, that there are bosses, that there are laws. And there are many fine, upstanding, unsaved citizens in the, in the world that obey their government, uh, follow the instructions of their parents, but not all. Certainly many don't. Many will try to get away with disobedience. And they understand that there are consequences, too. They understand detentions. Uh, students do. They understand fines. They understand jail time. They understand how that works, that there are authorities, there are laws, and if they're broken, there are consequences. But for the Christian, submission goes way beyond obedience. It includes how we submit. It includes how we obey. There are degrees of, of submission. There are people that do as they're told because they're cowed. They've, they've been beaten. They've been forced into submission. And in that category, there are those that are, that are broken and crushed. They have no spirit. Uh, just They comply like robots. Their eyes are blank. They're just doing what they're told, going through the motions. Imagine a, a cruelly treated slave in a cotton field. That would be an example. Then there are those that are forced into compliance, but they're angry. They, uh, they're doing what they're told to do for fear of more punishment, but they're angry. Many years ago, I saw a student uh, get spanked, and he wasn't a little child. He cooperated, but it was out of fear. But his eyes were angry. He was, he was angry. He was careful to uh, control himself. But he was, his eyes were glaring. So that's, that's one kind of submission, just beaten and forced into submission. Then there's... Uh, there is uh, submitting sort of by the letter, could say it that way. Sort of a, a legalistic approach in the sense of doing no more than is specifically instructed. Doing the least that's necessary to get by. Peasants on collective farms in Russia during the uh, the communist years, no incentive, no concern for what the boss thought or what the boss wanted, no care, no concern about the goals of the boss or the goals of the state. The boss often didn't care either. But just doing what they had to do to get by. That can happen on a job in free America. 
can happen a lot of places. It can happen anywhere there are authorities. Just doing the least. Following the instruction, kind of, you know, with uh, just the letter. If it says, uh, clean, clean this room, just picking up the biggest pieces of junk and, and letting that be it. Then there is, is submitting to the, the spirit of the law in the sense of conscientiously trying to do all that the boss wanted done. Trying to, to determine what the, uh, the goal was or the goal is of the, of the instruction, what the boss intended or the authority intended and wished for by the description, job description that he gave. And just for conscience sake, just because it's the right thing and a good work ethic and maybe there'd be other less, less uh, holy goals for doing that too, you know, just hoping that you'll get a raise or whatever that the, the boss will notice. But, you know, trying to do the best that you can to understand what the what the the instructions were and not just doing the basic things but doing it thoroughly and and as whatever you can understand that could be should be done now each of these is um, a little better than the one before maybe but there's another degree of submission that I believe the Christian is called for and what Christian submission is and that is from the heart as unto the Lord what a difference that makes a joyful servant a thankful redeemed Christian grateful for the privilege to be a servant of the Lord Jesus in Hebrews 12 in verse 9, he talks about earthly fathers that corrected us and we gave them reverence. We followed, we obeyed, we respected them. But he says, shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? It's for life. It's for life to submit to God. That, uh, that beautiful invitation of Jesus, come unto me, all ye that labor. We heard that in a couple of messages um, within the last few months. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I believe that that, that uh, invitation includes surrender and submission unto God. You know, Paul did that on the, on the road to Damascus. What wilt thou have me to do? And it wasn't just that he was knocked down by that light. And now what is the least I can do to get by? It was, Lord, here I am. And I have so much to learn. 
and the rest of his life, in the days and years that followed, his life and his relationship with his master uh, just changed dramatically. And the way he lived, the way he worked, the way he served was so different from the man he had been before. It's a glad surrender. It's the joyful servant, the grateful bond slave. And the bottom line is, is that self is crucified. Self is no longer on the throne. It's no longer a conflict between our will and God's will. No longer self-centered and selfish and resisting and rebelling, but it is surrender to God. And so when we submit to authorities, we read there in 1 Peter, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. It's not just because we'll get put in jail or we'll get fined or whatever, but for the Lord's sake. That's Christian submission. And not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, we do our jobs. Doing the will of God from the heart. Spoken of to uh, servants and masters. And that is thankworthy to be subject to your masters with all fear and respect. It's thankworthy to God and acceptable to God, pleasing to God. Paul used this word, I service, to, uh, to describe the conduct of, of slaves who work only when they're being watched who weren't motivated by a, a good work ethic, but either to avoid punishment or to gain a reward for their masters. For this is the love of God, 1 John 5, verse 3. This is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. Uh, other translations would say his commandments are not heavy, are not burdensome. Uh, I saw this in Adam Clark. He said this, The old proverb explains the meaning of the apostle's words. Love feels no loads. Love to God brings strength from God. Through his love and his strength, all his commandments are not only easy and light, but pleasant and delightful. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And Christian submission goes beyond obedience to authority with a, with a good attitude. It goes way beyond that. And we're running out of time, but I want to mention a few things, a couple things. We submit to one another. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Unselfishness in relationships. Servants.
to one another. In Philippians 2, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. And let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. That was what Jesus did, that kind of submission to the will and the work of the Father in loving and serving, and that's what we're called to. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, esteeming each other better than ourselves. And back in Peter, husbands are to live with their wives with respect and with regard for their needs. Submitting to that, husbands are servants. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, Jesus taught, and James referred to it. And we should live in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 15. And we should live not unto ourselves, but unto him which died for us and rose again. 2 Corinthians 5, 15. So we submit to one another. We su- we're submissive. Um, uh, our, our goal is to serve others. Now, being in submission to others doesn't mean obedience every time that someone else tells us to do something. You know, there are, there are, the, there are priorities and there are the laws of God. And, you know, the apostles ran into that problem very quickly after, after uh, Pentecost. And they, they needed to tell the authorities, we must obey God rather than man. But they were submissive in their attitude even to, uh, to the, um, the authorities. Uh, I was impressed with Ken Miller's testimony in, uh, in his respect for, for the authorities, even though he couldn't agree. There's another area of submission we'll not go into, but I'll just mention, and that is circumstances, the things that happen to us, whether it's little frustrations through the day or big disappointments, um, that we submit to sovereign God. We may have questions. Job did. We may wonder. We may beseech God, even as Paul did about the thorn in the flesh, 
But Job said he saw God as in control. He said the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. And that was before he was struck with boils. And then he said, what shall we receive? Good at the hand of God and not evil. It's all in the hand of God. Now he had many questions, certainly. He certainly did. But to resist, to rebel, to complain, to be stubborn, that's so not the character of Jesus. Wasn't the character of the godly disciples. It wasn't Paul's or Peter's character. Rather, that is Satan's character. The chief rebel, proud, resisting, undermining, destroying, accusing, lifting himself. Resisting God Almighty. Warring against Jesus Christ. Well, you remember the story of Raven, the horse that, that I've told you about, and how Johnny Rule, the horse trainer, broke him, and how uh, the horse at some point just surrendered. He didn't beat the horse, but he had control of the horse, and the horse finally surrendered, just submitted, and stood calmly waiting for instructions. And he didn't know it. He didn't know it, but it was for his life. And so it is with, with us. And I saw... This is from Revelation 20. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw, and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. I hope many, many, many of those people will hear and on Judgment Day, well done, thou good and faithful servant. The good and faithful servant is one that learned, that submitted, that learned submission. I believe that submission... Uh, the, these passages point out the testimony that they are to the lost as well, <clears throat> to have this submission of Christ. <clears throat> but um, what a light that is. What a, what a different life that is from someone who has fallen and is uh, not living for the Lord. But it's a school. We're in a school. And... We're still learning. I'm still learning about submission. I want to be more submissive. I want to understand more what is involved and to follow that life of Jesus uh, better. And I hope you do too. God bless you and let's have another song.